Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Alyssa Bloom. She's spent the last decade working for one of the biggest companies in the world being a manager for virtual teams. Oh, she manages over 120 people and has an incredible background in leadership and people management. And today we're talking a little bit more about creating a sense of ownership within your own community and culture in your business. Yeah, as our avid listeners might know, we have shared many versions of our own struggle with being solid leaders for our team internally, not necessarily for our audience, because I feel like we're really good at that part, but for our internal team of creating ownership and letting, you know, things be delegated properly and like trusting our team to perform really well and making sure they're happy and they like what they're doing. It's been something we've continued to want to get better at ever since we hired our first VA. And I definitely feel like it's been one of the number one things that we've struggled with throughout the years. And so having someone come in who we love so much, respect so much, help us kind of get that organized and in shape was really crucial. So we're basically talking about that process today and how you can replicate the exact same thing if you're doing your first hire or you have a handful of babies on your little team, anything in between. I know there's some really good ideas and takeaways for you guys to implement right now on how to get organized and what questions to ask yourself and and most importantly, truly, how to create a sense of ownership within your team and having your team be happy to work with you and for you and fulfill all your wildest dreams and your goals. So I know you're going to find this one really interesting. I can't wait to hear what you take away from it. Go chat with us on Instagram after this episode. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I am excited to dive into talking about leadership today and specifically about creating like a culture of ownership. I think on the past, Emily and I have talked about feeling eh, 
okay at managing it has been a, a mystery for us to figure that out to say the least <laughs> i wouldn't say it's our best skill okay not that we're not a good company to work for by no means that's all i'm <laughs> saying but i just don't think we've been the best at people management and a lot of that comes from how you define your culture and how you bring up leadership skills anyway backtracking a couple of months Alyssa and i were chatting about leadership and about creating a culture of ownership. And she just had so much to say. And we ended up bringing her in to kind of have deeper discussions behind the scenes about how to make that more of the forefront. And I know we're not like super far into that process, but even in the last four to six weeks, I've noticed a change within our team. And I think a lot of that has been the things you've been doing behind the scenes with us. So all that to say, I would love to start with what do you think is foundational, fundamental, like required, if that is something you're wanting to shift or like grow into with either an existing team or a team you're hiring? Well, I'll give a little bit of context just about my background. So I have been developing leaders of virtual teams in my corporate career at a multi-trillion dollar tech company for nearly a decade in a role that is part people management and part project management. So my leadership style is very people-centric and systems-focused. And so when I started my business, it was just a natural transition for me to start working with creative entrepreneurs on developing their leadership and management skills, as well as helping them put systems into place to grow their teams and scale their businesses with ease, which is how I came to start working with you guys. So I feel like the core starting point is that, again, that people-centric leadership and then the systems that are put in place to really create clarity so that everyone is really clear on what exactly is expected of them in a proactive way, right? So rather than needing to coach and course correct after the fact, being able to set people up for success so that you can recognize and reward the positive behaviors on the front end of things. I love that perspective. And I feel like you've helped us immensely with that. Like Abby said, even just in the last four to six weeks, I think, and we've talked about this on the show before, Abby and I have bought books and learned from people on how to be a better leader. We've told ourselves a story for years, and I guess I'll only speak for myself, but I've told myself a story for years that I, that I'm not, it's not that I'm not a good leader because I think sometimes people confuse leadership with like the ability to rally and hype and market and whatever. And I feel like that's a, that's not the leadership in the conversation that we're talking about today, because I clearly can do that here in this business and my own business, but leading individuals, I guess, is not what what I thought I wasn't good at. And the proactiveness of having a team who feels confident in the tasks that they're doing, the quality of work that they're putting out, I feel like has just been a constant struggle for us. Not that our team wasn't performing, but we were the bad communicators. We were the people who were like, yeah, they're not doing it. Oh, because we never told them to. <laughs> and it was just this constant battle of like, okay, well, we need to readdress that, but we haven't yet. And so I feel like you came in and really helped us like very quickly just ask the right questions for us to kind of wrap our head around like what is it that we were even looking for in the first place? So 
for our listeners who maybe don't have five, six, seven, eight contractors like we might at any given moment, if they're thinking about maybe their first VA, what questions can they be asking themselves right now to set that person up for success? Before you answer that, Emily, just as a spoiler alert, we have 20 people that work for us. Listen, what? I don't need, I don't want to be reminded of that. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> It's fine. I just, I made a chaff of them and you don't know that they exist. That's just what happened. Great. All behind the scenes. Anyway. Find you a business partner that keeps the best secrets from you so you don't have a panic attack every day. (laughs) There you go. No stress. You guys don't give yourself enough credit either. You do a phenomenal job of leading your team. Absolutely. Like when I came in and started working with the team, I was so impressed with just the quality of their work, the culture that you've already established. So you've definitely done a really great job. It's just been about fine tuning some things and really taking time to pause And I mean, we're always so busy, right? And especially when you're CEOs of a a company, you're super busy. So just taking that time to pause, reflect on, okay, how's the performance of our team? What are the things that we want to make sure are happening consistently? What are the roles and responsibilities of each of our team members? So thinking about that person who is starting out smaller, maybe they're just hiring their, their first person really looking at what are the things that you want to be focused on in your business? What are the things that you love to do that you want to continue doing? And then what are those responsibilities that you don't love to do that really you've outgrown? And thinking about how can you find a person who's going to be able to step in and hit the ground running to start accomplishing those objectives for you. And so when you do that, like the the process that we went through of identifying the roles and responsibilities for each of your team members and then looking for gaps to see is there anyone that we need to hire or reallocate things or, or whatever the case may be, we started looking at what is the role? So let's use a social media manager as an example. So when they come into their role, if you just simply say like, hey, you're the social media manager, go have at it. That could go okay, depending on the person, but more than likely, you need to give them a little bit more clarity up front. So you want to step back and think to yourself, what are my expectations, like my bare minimum baseline expectations that I have for this person? And maybe that is, hey, I want to make sure that we have a daily presence on Instagram stories, and I want us to post to the Instagram feed once a week or whatever that is. Now, if you just leave it at that, they might do okay, but you want to go even further and communicate to them the outcomes that they're expected to drive. And so you want them to be really connected to the bigger picture of your business and what your business goals are, and then empower them to help use their field to really help accomplish those goals. And so explaining, you know, using that social media manager as an example for you guys, you've got the creative template shop. So communicating to that person like, hey, here are my baseline expectations. And the outcome that we want you to help drive is converting our Instagram followers into members of the shop and helping to sell our shop templates. When you communicate that extra layer, then that person is empowered to come up with, okay, maybe I will start demoing templates on Instagram. Maybe I will start featuring client testimonials or customer testimonials, that sort of thing. Versus if you leave that part out, they might simply show up on Instagram every day posting 
your recent blog post and your recent podcast. And that's great, but we want to make sure that they're also, you know, promoting the shop and, and helping you achieve those business goals. I think that we've really had to make a shift, like in a very intentional shift, because when we first started hiring contractors, and this is years ago, like we're talking, it was just Emily and I, and then we brought on like our first VA. Okay. I think one of the blog editor, was it Sarah? I think Sarah was our first hire and then immediately followed by inbox management, which was that Allie? And then anyway, the story for another day, I'm not really sure. But one of the things I think if I could do it over again, one, I would delegate before you like literally hate what you're doing. (laughs) Because I think when we hired for some of these things, we were just so done that wanting to even train on it wasn't necessarily where we wanted to spend our time because we were just like, get it off my plate now. I don't think we were thinking enough about the outcome of the role. Just like, get it off my plate, do it. I just need it done. I don't care if it's like thriving. I just need to not do it anymore. Right. And I think if we had been a a little quicker to make that transition when we start to notice that it is slowing us down or bogging us down or whatever. Can I make up the difference that I would need to hire someone to fill that role? And, you know, with that being said, also on top of that, being more clear at the front end of where it's connecting back to outcomes. Because I think so often it's easy to say, well, They're just handling this thing and it's an admin task and I just need it off my plate and they just need to do it. And while that might be sort of true, if you really sit back and think about how all of your people are interconnected in your business, say for instance, inbox management, because I, it's one of the things I recommend you let go of first, (laughs) get it off your plate. But if this is something you're letting go, they may all of a sudden be the person, to your point, Alyssa, we were just talking about this yesterday, you might have that person be the closest to your customer all of a sudden. Like you're not in the day-to-day communication and you're missing a lot of the cues you might have gotten early on in business. Like I remember Emily and I would make adjustments to course content, to webinar structure, Writing to blog posts based on to, questions. Like so much yeah. stuff came from our inbox. And I think over time, we've kind of lost sight of what that could look like if we allow that person to be involved in the feedback loop of driving content, driving key results, driving customer satisfaction, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's really natural when you first start delegating to just like, I just want to get this task off my plate, right? So here's the task. And then to start maybe treating the contractor as just like a taskmaster, someone just to like get the task done and only measuring completion. But you really want to think about the quality expectations that you have and set those up front as well and help them to understand how they connect to the bigger picture of your business, even something as simple as inbox management. Well, I shouldn't say simple. It's not a simple task, but even something like inbox management, where the person may feel like my responsibility is just to make sure that I'm responding to the, you know, inbox stuff once a day or, you know, within one business day or whatever the case may be. Like you guys said, that person is the closest 
to your customer now at this point. And so you want to help them understand how valuable their position is and really empower them to own that and let them know we're counting on you now to come to us and let us know what feedback are you seeing? What trends are you seeing? Are there certain questions that are coming in regularly? That will then help us come up with, like you said, a blog post or something that we need to make adjustments to on the back end or, or even empowering that person as far as, hey, not only bring us the feedback and the questions and the things that you're seeing, but if you have recommendations, please let us know. And we just experienced that yesterday with someone who is a part of your inbox, giving a, a really great idea of something that could help with the creative template shop overall. So really empowering them to see how they play a bigger role in your business than just the individual task. I think it was that, what did you call it? Your baseline objectives and then the outcomes of that. I truly think because you had them like separated into columns and had us go through. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me that clicked, shifted my way of thinking about the thing. Because I, I think what it has enabled us now, and we've utilized it in various ways, even over just the last month or so, but... I think a piece that I was missing prior to separating those out from each other, because I think I used to lump them together. Like I want you to post on Instagram and maybe it's going to drive sales or whatever. And that was just your baseline expectation, even though they were actually separate. But having them like that now enables you guys to come in quicker if the outcome isn't being met. So what if your social media manager is posting to stories three times a day and on your feed every day and creating a kick-ass reel for you, but sales or signups or registrations or whatever your goal is, isn't actually happening. It enables you to see, do you need to do a change in content or is that platform even right for that call to action or whatever, it enables you to actually look at the things that aren't working in a constructive way because the person is doing what you hired them to do, but they're not reaching the outcome that you assigned with that task. And I think separating those out for me has been so helpful. Yeah. I think because of the separation, I think there's been an easier... Maybe it's all in our head. I'll be honest. Maybe there's an easier line of saying, because I think it's easy to get emotional about how someone is or isn't performing and being able to separate it. It's a, a lot easier to see. Are they simply not doing their job? Like they're not meeting whatever you set up as expectations or is it not reaching a goal. And if that's the case, then it's probably a strategy issue, not necessarily a performance issue. And strategy is so much easier to fix. Like, And that's where I can like come in with ideas and help them brainstorm and whatever. And I think before it was easy to get caught up and it's just not working. Okay. What about it isn't working? All that being said, I love our team. And, you know, sometimes it had nothing to do with them. It was just some arbitrary, it'd be nice if this thing went through, like if this, if they met this goal and whether that was always communicated as clearly as it could be questionable, but it wasn't a person thing, you know? Yeah. And it makes you a much more effective coach when you can see it helps you do that root cause of what is the root cause of why this person is maybe not meeting expectations or why this specific deliverable is not meeting expectations. And so then you can come into the conversation and maybe it is, maybe it is that they're not meeting deadlines or they're not completing those baseline expectations. And if that's the case, then that's a conversation around 
really partnering with them on, hey, I noticed it looks like, you know, there have been some challenges with getting things done on time. I'm here to support you. Let's figure out, do we need to put a system in place to get things more organized? Whatever that is, that's one conversation versus if they are doing the baseline expectations, but it's not driving the outcomes that we expect, then in part, asking them for ideas so that they have that ownership of, hey, you're the expert in this area. What do you think that we could do? And having that strategy conversation, but also you as the business owner being able to help and partner with them and help provide some ideas as well. Something that comes to mind is like Pinterest, for example, where the strategy changes, you know, fairly regularly. And so someone might be doing something in the beginning where, okay, I'm, I'm regularly pinning fresh content and then the results could start to drip but, or to drop, but maybe they have been doing the same thing that they've always done. Now the results are dropping. So then we need to reassess and go, oh, looks like video pins are gaining more popularity on Pinterest. Let's try that. It's just a more effective coaching conversation if you can figure out is it the baseline expectations or is it the outcome? Well, so speaking of systems, let's segue into that kind of conversation because you also helped us whip up some of our systems in shape. And I'll be the first to recognize that I knew we were missing organization and we were missing a system that worked not just for us, but for everyone else. And where we had ended up, and and I say this to caution you guys, so you guys can head down a better pathway than we did and correct it faster or not even go down it where you need to fix it, where Abby and I had our own system that worked for us. And then each of our own team members had their own private, separate, secret, hidden, own individual systems that maybe didn't even work that well for them, but none of us were collaborating on the same space and in the same way. It was every system you could imagine, notes and Trello boards and lists and handwritten things and Slack notifications. And it got to be a hot mess. So you came in and kind of organized some of that. And I know that you talked about at the very beginning of this episode that it's a people-centric mentality and systems that help leadership and help ownership. So talk to me a little bit about how systems truly does come into play with ownership specifically. Yeah. So it helps as far as setting those expectations. If you think about any individual's role, if they have a lot of different moving parts and pieces that go into their responsibilities, it's just human nature that we could miss things if we don't have it organized. So first of all, just getting it like documented and outlined so that they're really clear on what's expected of them that's going to make it easier for them to meet that side of it, the baseline expectations, which then frees up so much more mental space for them to bring in the strategy and the creativity because they're not so overwhelmed trying to manage all the things and keep track of all the things. It also helps you then as the business owner free up that mental bandwidth as well so that you can be thinking more about strategy and, and be able to partner with them more closely on those sorts of things. You know, we did a deep dive on what are all of the roles and responsibilities of everyone on your team? And then how does that translate into a system where we're going to map out things, even things like we talked about the inbox management so setting up a task that, you know, every Monday through Friday, this pops up and says, here are the baseline expectations for managing the inbox. And then, you know, that person marks it off when they get it done. So everyone comes in every day with a very clear understanding of what's expected of them that day. And it's also allowed us to, to step back and look at the big picture and how things work together to figure out 
Is there a way that we can make adjustments to some of our processes that gives everyone a little bit more flexibility in when they're completing tasks? So are there things that can be batched out ahead of time? And if so, is there something else like another dependency task that needs to be done first? So that way this person can batch, you know, I'm thinking like the graphic design side of it, like, okay, we'll batch out the blog post titles so that then the graphic designer can go in and batch out all of the designs rather than her having to do that every week on a Wednesday. She can batch it out for a quarter if she wants. So that helps with the ownership too, because it allows people to really work in a way that works best for them. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. When I feel like bringing them to the table to say, hey, here's what I need and here's what could help me helps create the cycle of ownership where if they ask for something and then we as a team or as bosses can provide that, like, yeah, let's make that happen. I feel like you're listening and honoring and actually affirming suggestions as they come in and input, which also continues to help them to keep doing that. Abby, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that I think we fell into a couple of traps that I'll just keep cautioning you guys along the way on. One being as we've hired, we've had, I mean, Emily and I are both employees of the company and we've had an employee in the past and we've had contractors to various degrees of involvement, so to speak. And I think as we've grown and evolved as a company, we've struggled to identify what is something that they need to be self-managing because they're actually running their own business. And we have hired them as a separate business to be a part of what we're doing here versus they just have to operate within our ecosystem. And I think that's been some of the driving force behind where things got I mean, basically, we're working in silos where Emily and I understand each other's like work environment, but I can't really, I don't really have access to what our various contractors are working on, which isn't necessarily a bad thing at different scale points, but it got to the point where it was very hard to see where people's capacity was, how, like, are we giving them too much, not enough? All of that. And so I think kind of bringing it back in house was a little bit scary because we still have to walk the line of they're not employees. And by law, we can't tell someone when they have to work. We can give deadlines, but if they miss them, depending on what it is, even reprimanding has to be a little bit, you have to be a little cautious there. And so I'm always coming in from the back with like, you know, the more of the CFO point of view, but also some of like HR risk management. And so I've been hesitant in some regards, not that I didn't want a system that my whole team shared you guys, like that sounds ridiculous, but I also don't want to get in a lawsuit. (laughs) So I am so anxious, but this stuff is until I guess, and maybe part of it is because I've actually been a part of a lawsuit in the past, not my business. I personally sued someone else after my car accident, long story, but like truly understanding risk after you've been through something. I changed a lot about my life and business after I was a part of something like that. I have different insurance. I have different, all sorts of things. Not the story for today, but all of that to say, you have to decide what's going to work for your team. And if they don't want to get on board with whatever system you have in place, then I think it's it's a chance for you to identify, are they a good fit or is the system the issue and you need to adjust the system? Because there are people in our business that are a lot less involved, I, so to speak, but they're still like in the ecosystem, but they're not 
operating in our project management system. Like for instance, our ads team, all of that's done in a weekly meeting in Slack communication. And I specifically brought up, hey, do we want to move over some of these projects? Can you talk to me about what project management system you're using? And they were like, love you, appreciate you, but we're not changing our process. And it's fine. Because of that, I have to be more clear on, okay, here's what they need from us. Okay, now I need to bring that into more of the web of what's going on over here. And they're still managing all their moving pieces somewhere else. And so it's hard because sometimes you want everyone to be on your same platform doing all the things you're saying you want them to do. And some people will be like, I don't, I don't want to sound harsh, but it kind of feels like, no, bitch, I'm running my own business. Get out of my way. Like trying to not create micromanagement, I suppose, is what I've been in an effort to avoid. Anyway, that was a very long-winded Well, I think segue. it brings up a really good point. First of all, I love that you brought up micromanagement because I do think there's sort of a fear reaction that when people hear the level of organization, it can sound like it could become a micromanagement type of culture, which is the fastest way to crush your team morale is to micromanage. I mean, nobody's going to want to be a part of that. So I want to clarify, I almost consider it like micro-organization so that you don't ever have to micromanage, right? So the more you can proactively communicate what your expectations are and really partner with your team on the front end, the less you have to do of managing after the fact or correcting or providing coaching or or whatever the case may be, because they're really clear up front on what the expectations are and it's set up really easily. I also wanted to touch on the part about setting up a system and not necessarily will everyone as contractors want to be a part of that. So I think it depends on the ads team is a really great example of they're doing their own separate thing that doesn't necessarily require a lot of collaboration with the other individual team members. I mean, sure, with you guys as the leaders, right? But not necessarily with all of your individual team members. Whereas the way like the blog system is set up, you've got one person who's writing and another person who's publishing and another person who's designing the graphics. Those three people they need to be able to have some sort of a centralized place that they can work together because they're dependent upon each other, right? And so we want to create like a centralized location where when the graphics are designed, everyone knows where the Dropbox folder is, right? That kind of thing. But I also wanted to add that it's really important to involve the team in the creation of the system. If you go create a system for your business, just like siloed by yourself, and then you come to a staff meeting one day and try to roll it out. Guess what, guys? (laughs) It is very natural that people will be resistant to that, no matter how good it is, because it's just, it's human instinct to be like, what is this? You know, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. We were very deliberate and intentional in making sure that Every single person who is going to be a part of this project management system was a part of building it behind the scenes. So like our podcast manager, perfect example, I partnered with her very closely on you're the expert in the podcast management side of things. What do you want to see in this system? How do you want it to operate? What are the pain points? How can we help eliminate those? And really involving the team so that they're helping to create a system that they actually want versus us just rolling it out to them. Yeah. 
I agree. I honestly have the same problem in every area of my life where you'll even do it for what you're having for dinner. Like just because you didn't decide all of a sudden you don't want tacos. It's the same concept of people want as much as you want them to own their stuff. They also want ownership in the creation and the foundation and the ideas and the strategy. And I've, I think we've tried various versions of you know, Emily and I are driving the whole vision and the whole goal setting and the whole blah, blah, blah. And then like downloading that on them and then trying to rally the team around it. But I will tell you after many, many years (laughs) and many attempts that when instead we've had, you know, maybe a vague idea of where we wanted to go, a generalized direction. And then we come to the team and instead of having a concrete, no, this is what's happening, we'll be like, okay, here's kind of the pro con pro of some of the things we're thinking about. What holes do you guys see? What do you want to see out of this? Like, where do you see it going? And I think even in just a short time, making adjustments like that, A, it takes some of the decision fatigue off of us from always having to be the ones driving every decision to also feeling like some people that I thought maybe just didn't want to be as involved and they were just kind of doing their own thing and that's just how it was to, oh, maybe they do care a lot more than I realized and they do want to have a say and And it's because we gave them the opportunity, you know? You can't expect someone to be, like, rooting for you if you gave them no say in the direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've already seen literally – I will be interested to go back and listen to this episode, like, six months from now or whatever as we continue to get even more acclimated with our system and the organization. And with how our team is performing these days is outstanding – for the first time in forever, we, I think it was like the first meeting after we had, you had had meetings with some of our team members and we were setting up our system and it was like such a smooth meeting and people other than me and Abby were like, what if we try this? And actually I already did this and this is already done. And we're like, Oh, oh this is amazing. <laughs> and it was so freeing. And just, I remember talking to Abby afterwards because I know that she's taken on a big part of the team management because I was not. And to free up her headspace for that, I was so happy for it, not only for her, but for us and for the conversations that her and I can now have, because that space is freed up and she's not, you know, having to check in on all these projects and deadlines and people and missing pieces and whatever. Girl, you have no (laughs) idea. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. I didn't know how badly we needed some team management until... And it's not that I wasn't doing it. I was, but I was also the CFO and I was also setting up landing pages and still doing random design things. I am not a good (laughs) delegator and I haven't been for a long time. And I'm slowly, slowly caterpillar pace, allowing myself to like, instead of when I hear I need to do something or I hear something done, when I hear something Uh needs to be done. And I don't immediately think, well, I've always done that. So that means I must own that. I've been trying to identify who else has similar strengths and can just do it. Like goofy things, guys. I thought I had to make all of our pretty links for 
various promotions until like a month ago. Yes, it's not a difficult. It's like not a difficult task. Not rocket science. You learn how to do it once. You can do it for the next twenty five years unless the internet changes. Okay. And I let go of it. I was like, and then she tried to pick shit. it back up in a meeting again. She's like, yeah, I'll make up for you after. And I, I was did. like, Ahem. Amanda's like, I'll do that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that progress that you're making. <laughs> Growth. Growth, you guys. Look it's still a <sighs> Anyway, I could go on a tangent for the next 40 minutes more about this. But I think at the end of the day, making subtle shifts can have such a dramatic impact on performance and team morale. Customer satisfaction. <laughs> Customer satisfaction, for sure. And I think it all starts with creating that culture of ownership and then having a system to support it where you are, like you said, creating the expectations on the front end rather than coaching on the back end. So take me into talk strategy to me. If you're like, oh shit, I need to do this. What are three to five action steps you would have people take the next month or so to make strides towards making some of those changes yeah, internally. So one thing that we didn't talk about yet, but I want to bring it up because it's really important when it comes to the people-centric leadership side of things is developing a skill around positive reinforcement and staying really connected and engaged to your people so that you can create this culture where people, they want to do well. And to me, if you take nothing else away from this episode, it's that because your people are the most valuable asset in your business. They're everything. There's this book that everyone should check out. It was one of the first leadership books that I ever read. Actually, my husband, who has been my mentor for a long time, because he's also in leadership, recommended it to me very early on and it's called Whale Done and it's by Ken Blanchard and it is such an easy read like you could read it in a day it's such an easy read but the a little bit of context around the Whale Done concept or the title is it's kind of corny but he basically the author of the book goes to like a I think it's like a SeaWorld type of thing where they have killer whales right that are doing tricks and he is fascinated by how do these people get these giant killer whales to do these things that they want them to do. Like, how is that even possible, right? So he goes over and he starts talking to the whale trainers after the show and starts asking them about it. And they're explaining, you know, obviously you can't get a killer whale to do anything that it doesn't want to do. And so you have to motivate the whale to want to do the thing using positive reinforcement. And so the concept is you catch the whale doing it right one time, and then you reward it and you recognize it and you praise it. And then it starts to want to be motivated to want to keep doing the right thing, right? It makes the whole training process easier. Management is not all that different than parenting, which is not all that different than training your dog. Okay. And even being like a good spouse. I mean, this applies to everything. And so that's like the foundation of the book is that that's how it started. But he ends up throughout the book taking you through like actual strategies and how you can apply that to leadership and, and to life. But it's a good read. And so I would say that would be one of the core things is just making sure that you're very intentional about bringing out the best in people and finding their strengths and recognizing those strengths. And it it could even help you find different roles to put them in later on down the road or whatever. But that's definitely a big one. 
And then staying connected, staying engaged, little things, especially, I mean, this industry, primarily everyone's been virtual for a long time, but I know a lot of people are converting over to leading virtual teams. So it's even more important, but just really staying connected and engaged little things like sending your team members a Slack message and just checking in. Hey, just checking in, seeing how you're doing on business stuff, but also on personal stuff. Like if you know that they're what's going on in their personal life, just check in. Hey, Abigail, how's that house renovation going, right? Girl. (laughs) Yes. So just staying connected to them. And so that one, that helps with your morale, but two, it helps create that open dialogue where your team member feels comfortable coming to you. And so, I mean, this this literally happened this week where last week we had talked to a team member about a goal and I checked in with them on Monday, like, hey, how are you doing? Do you need anything? And she started boxering me this long message about, you know, some things that were on her mind about how she could achieve this goal. And so had we not reached out just to check in, she might have held on to that for like weeks, you know, like trying to figure out how am I going to achieve this without realizing like, just come to us and talk to us, right? So just opening that door is another really important thing and fostering trust between you and your team members. I would say that's another thing to be very intentional about is I always with any of my teams, I've always called it real talk. Like I want real talk between us. I want you I want my team members to feel comfortable coming to me with things they're struggling with, challenges that they're having. If there are challenges in the business, I want them to know it's a safe space to come and talk to me. So that's a really important piece too, because you get a lot of value out of those conversations when people know that they can be really open and honest with you and transparent. And then as far as the system side of things, I would just make sure that you have a system in place. Most definitely, you have to have some sort of a system, putting some sort of a system in place and really trying to, as you map out those different tasks and responsibilities, stepping back and trying to anticipate what questions will my team member have when they start executing on this task. And as you anticipate that, trying to build that into the system for them to give them more clarity, anticipate what resources that they might need. Even as we talked about earlier, like with the blog post, there's multiple people that are involved in that. Having a centralized place where every person that goes to work on their portion of the task, they have everything they need in one place. They've got the Dropbox folder. They've got the Google Drive doc. They've got the link to log into Squarespace, whatever it is making sure that it's really simple and that you're eliminating as much friction as possible so that the system runs really smoothly and making sure that you're partnering with the team members to build the system together. Definitely go, don't just go build it behind the scenes like we talked about. So involving them. And as we did that, as we started building out your system and we involved every single member of the team in that process, they made it better. That's the thing. Like they're the experts in their area. And so they're going to help make the system better and more functional than we would be able to do by ourselves. Yeah. Well, it's been a game changer. So I've appreciated your input. And even if you guys don't have, how many did you say? You didn't know this, but we got a new bookkeeper today. So I think we're now at 21. But So even if you don't have a 21 (laughs) member team, 
for some reason, like we do, (laughs) and it's just you and maybe one new baby person or a handful of baby people, I really feel like this is really boss mindful way of thinking. Even if you feel like you're not ready for it, even if you feel like they're really like big girl conversations to be having, even if you're still telling yourself you're such a small, tiny business. First of all, we all are, but I want you to be thinking big thoughts like this to help even just make your productivity easier and time go smoother and be doing the things in your own business that you actually love and can thrive at. So Alyssa, thank you for coming on the show and for adding your two cents to this incredible conversation and for all the amazing stuff that you're doing internally here with us at Boss Project. Yeah, I've loved it. Thanks, guys. And where can people hang out with you more online? Primarily, I'm on Instagram. So you can find me at Mrs. Alyssa Bloom on Instagram. Awesome. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.